Welcome to My Favorite Theorem. I'm Evelyn Lamb, a freelance math and science writer in Salt Lake City, and this is my co-host. Hi, I'm Kevin Knudsen, professor of mathematics at the University of Florida. How are you doing, Evelyn? Pretty good. It's, it's hot here, but gets cool enough at night that, you know, it's survivable. It's just hot Not here. too bad. It's just hot here. It's all Yeah. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, there's really something about that dry heat. Um, lived yeah. in Houston for a while, and mm -mm. yeah, it's no. different here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on each episode, we invite someone on to tell us about their favorite theorem. And today we're delighted to have Patrick Honor. Hey, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, hi, uh, happy to be here. Great to see you, uh, Evelyn and Kevin. Uh, I'm in Brooklyn. It's hot and muggy here. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's never survivable in New York. So uh, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm a, uh, so I've got that going for me. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I'm a so I'm a, a high school math teacher. Uh, at, uh, I teach at Brooklyn Technical High School. Um, I studied math uh, long ago, and I'm, a, I'm excited to, uh, to talk about my favorite theorem today. Cool. Great. So what do you have for us? Yeah. Well, uh, in thinking about uh, you know, the prompt of what my favorite theorem was, I, I guess I came to uh, thinking about it from the perspective of a, a teacher, of course, because that's what I've been doing for the last almost 20 years. Um, and so I was thinking about the kinds of theorems that I like to teach that are fun, that I think are really engaging, um, that are essential to the sort of the courses that uh, that I teach. And a couple came to mind. I mean, like I teach calculus occasionally, mm -hmm. and uh, I think the intermediate value theorem is probably my favorite theorem in calculus. Nice. I feel like like the mean, the mean value theorem gets all the love in calculus. Like everyone <laughs> thinks thinks that that's the most important, but I really I really like the intermediate value theorem. Um, I really love uh, Damov's theorem as a connection mm. between mm -hmm. complex numbers and uh, geometry and algebra and a little bit of kind of group theory in there. Mm -hmm. But uh, what, what really stuck out uh, in thinking about what my favorite theorem is, is uh, Varignon's theorem. Okay, I had to look so, this uh, up. Varignon's yeah. theorem. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like a lot of people, uh, I think they know it when you show it to them, but maybe they don't know the name of it. Mm. Um, and I think that's also part of why I like it, because the name is kind of exotic sounding and uh, <laughs> kind of gets the kids like it transports them to France. somehow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But uh, but yeah, so the Varignon's theorem is a, a theorem of uh, just, you know, Euclidean geometry. It's 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 not that. Uh, it's not that sort of deep or powerful or exciting, but there's just something about the way that uh, you can kind of interact with it and play with it in class and the way you prove it and the different sort of directions it goes that that really uh, makes it one of my favorite theorems. Okay, so okay. now we're intrigued. So, yeah. yeah, what is this theorem? So uh, imagine, so Varignon's theorem is a theorem about uh, essentially quadrilaterals. So if you imagine um, a quadrilateral, uh, just sort of in the plane. Um, so you've got the four sides. If you construct the midpoints of each of the four sides and then connect them in a sort of consistent orientation like clockwise or counterclockwise, then you will get another quadrilateral. So, you know, you start with those four sides, you get the four midpoints, connect those, now you've got another quadrilateral. So if you start with a square, you could kind of imagine uh, those midpoints sort of appearing, and then you you connect them, and that new quadrilateral would be uh, a square. So you have kind of a square inside of a square. This is you know a picture that I think a lot of people have seen. Sure. If yeah. you started if you started with a rectangle, uh, and you you constructed those midpoints, 
if, if the rectangle were, say, you know, a non-square rectangle, so longer than it was wide, um, I think you could you think about it for a moment, maybe draw it, and uh, you'd see a rhombus, uh, you know, sort of like a long, like a you know, longer, long skinny rhombus, depending on the, the nature of the rectangle. So Vermeon's theorem says that regardless of whatever quadrilateral you start with, the quadrilateral you form from those midpoints will be a parallelogram. And I just think that this is so cool. It's always yeah, a parallelogram. That's really surprising. And yeah. yeah, so by every quadrilateral, do you mean only convex ones or is this for all? No, so, so that's part of the reason why it's so much fun to play around with this uh, theorem because um, it's true. It's true for every quadrilateral, and in fact, in some ways, it's it's true for even things that aren't quadrilaterals. And it's just like it's this continual sort of uh, uh, intuition-breaking uh, process with with kids when you're playing around with them, because you know, like the way that you can kind of engage a class in this is you can just tell every student to draw their own quadrilateral and then perform this procedure where they you know, construct the midpoints and connect them. And then you can tell them, look around, what do you see? Mm-hmm. And the first thing you, the kids see is that everybody drew a square and that everybody has a, <laughs> a square constructed, right? <laughs> and so this is actually a nice opportunity to kind of confront kids about their mathematical prejudices, about like, if you ask them to draw a, a quadrilateral, they draw a square. If you ask them to draw a triangle, they draw an equilateral triangle. Um, but then if, but there will always be a couple of kids who drew something a little bit more interesting. And then you can get kids thinking about sort of what all of those things have in common and, and start looking for a conjecture. And you can kind of push them and prod them to maybe do some different things. And so, you know, maybe on the next iteration of this activity, we'll get some rectangles or some, you know, some just arbitrary, not, you know, some, some non-special quadrilaterals. But the but almost you know so even after a couple of rounds of this you'll still see that almost all the quadrilaterals drawn are convex and then you can start pushing the kids to try to see if if they understand that there's another way that they could draw a quadrilateral that that might pose a problem for Varignon's theorem and it's so cool that when you get to that convex one the kids never believe that when you connect the midpoints you'll get a, a parallelogram but sure enough, or the non-convex one. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, in the concave one, right? I, yeah. I always, I always mess those two words up. That, that, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why the kids are so confused when they do this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in, in the non-convex, like the kids will never believe in the non-convex case. You know, like at the beginning, that it will still form a parallelogram. And so there's this really great moment of, wow, like I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and this, uh, it seems like I looked this up, that it, even if the thing isn't even really a quadrilateral, like you'd sort of take four points in the plane and draw like sort of two inter- two triangles that meet where, where the lines cross even. If you do this construction, it still so, works, it, right? So yeah, so, so there's yet another level uh, to, to take it, to go with this, because even, so now you've got the kids like, wait, so for concave, this works too? Like, it's kind of mind blowing. And then you can start messing around with their idea of what a quadrilateral actually is. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you get them, and if you show them like, well, what if I drew a complex quadrilateral? So I don't necessarily use that terminology but, uh, with, with the students right away, but this idea of connecting, just as you said, Kevin, connecting the vertices in such a way that two sides appear to cross, um, it can't possibly work there, can it? 
And you know, the kids the kids don't know what to think at this point, right? Like now now they know that that something weird is going on. But but amazingly, even if the quadrilateral sort of crosses itself like that, the four points, as long as it's sort of the not not non-degenerate case, the four points will still make a parallelogram. And it's it's really remarkable. So is there is yeah. there a slick proof of this, or is it uh, is it like one of these crazy things where you have to construct and construct and construct, and and before you know it, you've lost track of it? No, what there, you're doing? yeah, no, that's another reason why this is such a great uh, sort of high school geometry. Or, or you know, there are actually a couple of courses I'll bring this up in, but it's such a, a great high school activity because the, the proof is really accessible. In fact, there are several proofs. Um, but uh, but before before I talk about my favorite proof of my favorite theorem, there's actually another case. There's actually sort of another level you can go with Vernon's theorem, and often I'll leave this with the students as something to think about, sort of uh, you know as, as a homework problem or something like that. But Vernon's theorem, as it turns out, actually works even if the four points don't form a quadrilateral. So if the four points are not coplanar, say. Uh, this this process of connecting midpoints will still produce a parallelogram, which is amazing. It's it's amazing just that the four points are coplanar. Right. Uh, so yeah. you, you wouldn't necessarily expect that the four midpoints would even be in the same plane if the four starting points are in the same plane. But moreover, the those four points form a parallelogram, and so it's it's such an amazing um, such an amazing sort of around with. So what is your favorite proof then? So uh, my favorite proof of Baranyo's theorem um, is something that connects to so a couple of key ideas that we, we you know, routinely explore in uh, high school geometry. And the first is uh, sort of one of the, the most, um, one of the first important kind of theorems about triangles that we prove that's, you know, simple, but, but has some power is that if you connect the midpoints of two sides of a triangle, that line segment is parallel to the third side of the triangle. Mm -hmm. So, and it's also half the length, um, but, the, the, but the parallelism is important. And then uh, the other idea, and I think is one of the most important ideas in, in high school mathematics, or, or, you know, for one of the most important ideas that I try to emphasize with students across courses is the idea of transitivity, of uh, equality or congruence, or in this case, parallelism. So the, the nice proof of uh, uh, Varignon's theorem is that, so you, you imagine the quadrilateral and all the midpoints, and, and you draw one of the diagonals, and just think about that one diagonal. Now, if you just kind of cover up half of the quadrilateral, you've got a triangle. Mm -hmm. I just mentioned. The line segment connecting those two midpoints is parallel to that diagonal, because that's you know just that triangle theorem. Mm -hmm. Now if, you, now if you cover up the other half of the quadrilateral, you have a second triangle, and that midline or that mid-segment is parallel to the diagonal. And so both of those line segments are parallel to that diagonal, and therefore, by transitivity, they're parallel to each other. Mm -hmm. And now you have that, you know, two, the two opposite sides are parallel, and then the exact same argument works with the other sides using that other diagonal. Oh, I like mm -hmm. that. I like oh, that. Oh, nice. My, my first instinct would be to do some sort of um, vector analysis, right? You realize all the sides as, as vectors and then try to add them up and show that they're parallel or something. Um, so, 
Yeah, and so uh, you know, I teach in some of the courses I, I teach. I do some work with vectors, and this is this is definitely something we do. We explore that proof using vectors, or uh, um, we'll do coordinate geometry. Like maybe later in the year, we'll we'll do some work with coordinate geometry. We can prove it that way too. So, Very yeah, cool. yeah. I think I would just go immediately to coordinates. Of course, I would have assumed they were coplanar in the first place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, if you tell me a quadrilateral, yeah, it's going to be there in the, the plane, not in three space. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love I love coordinate geometry, and um, I definitely also have that that sort of instinct to run to coordinates. Uh, you know, when when I want to prove something, but you know, in in one of the things that I have to be you have to be careful of in in a high school class is making sure the kids know they understand all the assumptions that underlie the use of coordinates. Uh, and, and, you know, like an understanding, like the nature of an arbitrary figure, because, you know, going back to one of the first things I said, um, if you ask kids to draw a quadrilateral, they're going to draw a square or, or, you know, if you ask them to draw an arbitrary quadrilateral, you know, they're going to often draw a square or rectangle. And if you ask them to draw an arbitrary quadrilateral in the plane, you know, they might make assumptions about where those coordinates might be. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, your students are lucky to have you. I, to, to, I mean, to, really, to, to go. <laughs> That's through, what I tell them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, to, to give to give this much uh, thought to something like this and, and and show all these different perspectives and how you might come at it in all these different ways. I mean, my high school geometry class. I mean, I had a fine teacher, but um, but we never saw anything with this kind of uh, this kind of sophistication at all. That's. Uh, you know, it's 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 fun. I mean, I, I would like to I, I would like to to present it as though you know I sat around and thought really deeply about it and had this really you know this really thoughtful approach to it. But it just kind of happens, you know. And I, I think that again, that's why this is one of my one of my favorite theorems is that you can just put this in front of students and just have them play and then just run with it, you know. And, and right. it'll just go in so many different directions. So, what have you chosen to pair with this theorem? What do you enjoy? Uh experiencing along with the glory of this theorem? Well, so yeah, this was this was a tricky one. Um, you know, I I feel like when I when I when I think of, of Varignon's theorem, so really focusing on the name, um, that really it really transports me to France. And so like I feel like it's like a hearty stew, like mm. beef Varignon or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so like I think I need I need some like crusty bread and a glass of red wine. Uh, with uh, with Baron Jones theorem. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just got back from. No, not 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 my students, but uh, no, no, right. no, 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 no. Yeah, we crusty bread and grape juice for them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got back from living in France for six months, and so um, actually didn't have any beef bourguignon. Or, or Barignon while I was there, but um, did did enjoy quite a few things with crusty bread and a glass of red wine. I highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. This has been great fun. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've enjoyed this. Uh, you're uh, you seem to enjoy talking about this uh, more than my students. So uh, this was great for me. <laughs> it helps me talking so, to a couple um, of mathematicians. There... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we, we like to let guests plug um, websites or anything. So would you like to tell people about your blog or, or any other things you're involved in that you'd like to share? Yeah, sure. So um, uh, I blog uh, 
less frequently now than I used to, but still pretty regularly. And I blog at uh, MrHonor.com. So that's M-R-H-O-N-N-E-R.com. And you can generally find out, you know, about what I'm doing at my my personal website, uh, PatrickHonor.com. And uh, I'm I'm pretty active on Twitter. uh, And my uh, handle is at MrHonor. Okay. Lots of good stuff on Patrick's blog too. I've, uh, especially, especially after the Regents exams, you tend to have a lot to say. <laughs> Not everyone yeah. thinks it's good stuff the Regents <laughs> exams, but, but I'm glad I'm glad some people do. I don't live in yeah. New York. Yeah. It's fine with me, you know. <laughs> yeah, he has a, a series kind of uh, taking apart some of the worst questions on the um, New York Regents exams for math. It can be a little frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, and we just we just wrapped up uh, Regent season here, and uh, let's let's just say that there are some posts in the works about uh, <laughs> about what we're facing. You know, I, I enjoyed it. it's it's um it, it's it's interesting. It always sparks interesting mathematical conversations, and uh, you know, I, I really just my my goal is just to raise awareness um, about the, the the role of these tests, and you know how sometimes it seems like not enough attention is given to making sure that these tests are uh, of high quality mm-hmm. and are, you know, sort of valid. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I don't think it's just a problem in New York either. So no. it is not, <laughs> yeah. it is not just a problem in New York. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for joining us, Patrick. This was really, this was really great. I learned something today. Yeah, me too. It was my pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for giving me an opportunity to, to think about my favorite theorem and, and to come on and talk about it. And maybe, maybe Varignon's theorem will, uh, will appear in a couple more geometry classes next year because of it. Let's hope. Yeah, I hope so. Take care. All right, thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to My Favorite Theorem, hosted by Kevin Knudsen and Evelyn Lane. The music you're hearing is a piece called Fractalia, a percussion quartet performed by four high school students from Gainesville, Florida. They are Blake Crawford, Gus Knudsen, Del Mitchell, and Bao Chan Nguyen. You can find more information about the mathematicians and theorems featured in this podcast, along with other delightful mathematical treats, at Kevin's website, kpknudsen.com, and Evelyn's blog, Roots of Unity, on the Scientific American Blog Network. We love to hear from our listeners, so please drop us a line at myfavoritetheorem at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Kevin's handle on Twitter is at NivikNazdunk, that's Kevin spelled backwards followed by Knudsen spelled backwards, and Evelyn's is at Evelyn J. Lamb. The show itself also has a Twitter feed. The handle is M-Y-F-A-V-E-T-H-M, that's at My Favorite Theorem. Join us next time to learn another fascinating piece of mathematics.